Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Monday, March 14th. Coming up on the show, the Nashville Predators did just enough over the course of what might be considered the most important weekend of hockey of the season. But we've got a lot of basketball on the show today. Jerry Stackhouse, the job he has done three years in. The Memphis Tigers get an interesting draw in the NCAA tournament. Kentucky and Auburn are poised to try to make deep runs. But we begin with the Tennessee Volunteers making history down in Tampa and why I have to issue a personal confession. Owning a home in Nashville right now is sort of insane. People are texting and cold calling to see if you want to sell your house. And if you own a home, well, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. In which case, you need to have all of the possible information about your home before you make any real big decisions. Whether that's selling your house, renovating your house, or building a new house, you need to have all of the information. And this is where the Kingston Group comes in, our wonderful sponsor over at buildkg.com. Give them a call, talk to their folks. They are a nose-to-tail organization. This is not a collection of general contractors. This is a completely in-house custom home and remodeling firm that's been working in Nashville for over a decade and has won awards. I'm not sure what else I need to tell you. Talk to the Kingston Group. You'll be smarter after you have that conversation, whether you use them for something or not. What else do you want from a partner? Someone helping you make smart decisions? That's what Kingston Group's all about. BuildKG.com. So we'll get to seedings and matchups and the NCAA tournament specifics in just a second. But first, a personal confession. Tennessee just strangled three straight teams, including Kentucky, to win their first SEC tournament championship since 1979. On Sunday, the Volunteers dominated Texas A&M from start to finish in the SEC title game, going up 16-2 early in the first half and never looking back. On Saturday, the equally impressive and probably more important win over the Wildcats was Rick Barnes' 10th victory over Kentucky in 17 meetings. He has a winning record against John Calipari and won two out of three this year against the Kentucky coach. The defense was insanely efficient. The backcourt was super smart and almost always in control. Josiah Jordan-James flashed the do-everything dominance some might call an X-factor, and the frontcourt played active and big. It was as complete and impressive a showing as I've seen from any Tennessee athletic team in any sport in I don't know how long. Two decades, maybe? And it's forcing me to do something on the pod today that I rarely do for any teams that I've ever covered. I do it for my own teams, the New York Mets and the Green Bay Packers mostly, and that is that I have to admit I'm too close to the situation. This Tennessee team has virtually every possible thing any team could ever need to make a run at the national championship. Elite backcourt, elite defense, high-level talent, an experienced coaching staff, that is the recipe for a Final Four run, and this Vols team has all of it. Do I think they are more talented than, say, Gonzaga or Duke? Of course not, and that may ultimately be the only thing that limits this team's upside. But this is the best situated a volunteer basketball team has ever been entering the NCAA tournament, maybe ever. And teams that are built like this are the ones that are winning national championships in modern college basketball. A blend of high-level pro talent, experienced leadership, veteran coaching, and lots of defense. But at the same time, Rick Barnes' tournament failings are well documented and this university's ability to shatter hopes and dreams knows no bounds. So while UT fans have every single possible reason to believe in this team and go buy plane tickets for New Orleans on the first weekend in April, I will be doing nothing of the sort. I personally have to admit to you that I am too close to give you accurate analysis. I am too cynical and too damaged inside by too many of my teams. Looking at you, Carlos Beltran and Armando Benitez, 
All I can tell you are the facts and what I feel. The facts are this team is perfectly constructed for a very deep, very real national championship run and are playing like it. How do I feel? That until proven otherwise, I will not allow myself to believe that this is the year that Tennessee finally does something that they've never done before in the history of the program, make it to the Final Four. That this is the year that Rick Barnes will change two decades worth of data with one magical month of basketball. All I can do is try to be as transparent as possible, give you my best possible analysis of this Tennessee team, and then be as honest as I can with you about why I feel the way I feel. If you want to believe, I don't blame you at all. Not one bit. You should. But you got to do so at your own risk. Now let's get to the seating and the matchups and the locations and all the specifics of the NCAA tournament. The Vols didn't do enough, apparently, to earn a two-seed and will be a three-seed in the South Regional facing 14-seeded Longwood in the first round on Thursday in Indianapolis. The pot is actually a pretty nice draw for the Vols with six-seeded Colorado State and 11-seeded Michigan in the other half of the pod, and a road trip to Indianapolis is very doable for most folks in the volunteer state. They could not really have been a two-seed because then they would have put in the same bracket with Kentucky and Auburn, and that's not really allowed, so it didn't actually buy them anything or hurt them much to be a three-seed. Although, keep an eye on David Roddy for the Rams, Colorado State, that is. He's a name to watch, one of the best individual players in America. The rest of the South is intriguing as Villanova is the two seed that the Vols would have to face in the Sweet 16 should each of them get that far. And of course, a rematch pending with one seed Arizona looming in the Elite Eight. Also in their half of the bracket, the Vols have Loyola Chicago as the 10 seed, Ohio State as the 7, and the aforementioned 11 seeded Wolverines. All of those teams, of course, have a lot of history with the Vols in March. So exercising some demons is how this team is going to make a deep run. The Vols have a good chance of getting to New Orleans, but Villanova is the one team, a veteran squad that plays excellent defense and is extraordinarily well coached. The Wildcats are also very hot and will be a brutal matchup for the Vols in the Sweet 16. Five other SEC teams got into the tournament with Auburn landing a two-seed in the Midwest against Jacksonville State. That game will be on Friday in Greenville, South Carolina. Auburn has not been playing its best basketball and has a tough draw in a bracket with Kansas and Wisconsin and Iowa and Providence. All hot teams. In fact, I think Kansas has the easiest path of any of the one seeds. Also in the Midwest, LSU lands as a six seed and will face 11 seeded Iowa State on Friday in Milwaukee. Kentucky is a two seed in the East Regional, and I like the Cats to make the Final Four. Baylor is the one seed in the Wildcats Regional, and Big Blue could face an in state rival that's won 30 games in the second round in the form of Murray State. Kentucky gets things started on Thursday against 15th-seeded St. Peter's in Indianapolis as well. Arkansas pulled a four-seed against 13th-seed American East champ Vermont in Buffalo on Thursday. The Hogs are on the same half of the bracket as number one overall seed Gonzaga. Alabama, also in the West Regional, is a six-seed and will face the winner of the Rutgers-Notre Dame play-in game on Friday way out in San Diego. Lastly, the Memphis Tigers came up one game shy of winning the American Athletic Conference Championship game on Sunday, but landed a nine seed in the NCAA tournament after an incredible second half to the season. And should they win in the first round, Penny Hardaway's bunch will likely face Gonzaga. And while the Bulldogs are clearly the number one team in the nation, Memphis is by far the only eight or nine seed that could match up athletically with Gonzaga. And there is no way that that is an accident. 
My picks, I like Gonzaga and Kentucky to face off in the final four, and I think that's the national championship game. Of course, that's out of the West and the East, respectively. I really like Kansas out of the Midwest, and honestly, the toughest one to predict for me is the Vols South region. I like Villanova to win the bracket, but honestly, both Arizona and Tennessee are worthy final four teams. I could argue that no top three seeds in any one region are as evenly matched as in the South. Tennessee, Arizona, and Villanova are all extremely close in every conceivable way. My final pick, Gonzaga over Kansas in the national championship game. Jerry Stackhouse wrapped up his third season at the helm of the Vanderbilt basketball program with a winning overall record at 17-16, and 16, the first of his coaching career. He has seven conference victories, the most since 2016-17 and 17 for the program, and two SEC tournament wins, which included one really hard-fought quarterfinal battle against a top-10 Kentucky team on Friday evening. As I said last week when the Doors beat Alabama, two things are painfully obvious for Vanderbilt. First, this team is slowly but surely improving all the time, even on the recruiting trail. And second, this program needs to feature patience as a core principle. Vandy is a good enough program to be going to the NCAA tournament basically every season, but not a good enough program to expect it to happen overnight. Take your time, invest in the program, let Stack build, let him establish a brand. If he keeps landing top 15 recruiting classes, his teams continue to play as hard as any in the league, and his teams continue to get better from the start of the season to the end, all of which the Commodores have done, well then, he might be the right guy for the job, folks. And it means that patience is the right approach for the Commodores. And as a member of the press, I also love having an interesting and honest quote over on West End as well, even if it does rub some folks the wrong way. Outside of all the basketball, it was a huge weekend of hockey for the National Predators, possibly the most important weekend of hockey for the entire season. There's just a week remaining until the NHL trade deadline, and the Preds had three games in four days against teams that they are directly competing with for playoff seeding. And while it was not perfect, two wins and four points in three games was more than adequate. The Preds dominated the Ducks 4-1 on Thursday night at home before falling 7-4 to St. Louis in Saturday's matinee. So the fate of the weekend came down to a road game in Minnesota, a team that was one spot ahead of the Nashville Predators in the Central Division standings, and of course they were doing it with backup David Riddick in net. And the Stars delivered in a big way. Roman Yossi continued his record-setting pace with two huge goals and four total points to set a personal career high in almost every major category, and Philip Forsberg added two of his own goals to give Nashville a 6-2 win on the road against the Wild on Sunday evening. The two points elevated the Preds into a tie for third place in the Central Division with, that's right, you guessed it, Minnesota. Forsberg and Matt Duchesne are both chasing history as well, and both collected multiple goals over the weekend. Both guys have 31 total tallies this season, and so both are just three away from tying Victor Arvidsson's single-season franchise record of 34. Forsberg is also one goal away from tying David Legwand as the franchise's all-time leading goal scorer with 210 all-time goals. Yossi's also on pace to shatter Paul Correa's single-season assist record and on pace to set the single-season points record as well. We will have a lot more on the record chasing going on with this Nashville Predators team this week right here on the 440 as well as the Gold Standard Podcast. But for now, with just three games left before the trade deadline on March 21st and no clarity on the Forsberg contract negotiations, all you need to know is that this team did enough to stay in the hunt for a top three seed in the Central Division, and as long as it feels like this team is capable of being a contender in the postseason, well, it's going to be very, very difficult to trade their star goal scorer. 
Needless to say, I do not envy David Poyle or his cell phone this week. The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, buildkg.com, Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned, custom home and remodeling firm. The website, the work, it all speaks for itself, so go check out their stuff. And before you make any big decisions about your house, make sure you talk to them. That's the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. Please check out the YouTube page. Make sure you check out all the social accounts. Please share the product. We really, really appreciate it. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Monday, March 14th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.